When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Greg Jenner, I'm the host of You're Dead to Me, and we are back for Series 5. Yes, it's the comedy show that takes history seriously. And on this series, get ready to hear about Frederick the Great of Prussia, with Stephen Fry, no less. I'm just thrilled at this history lesson. Or learn a fair old amount, that's a pharaoh joke, about ancient Egyptian queen Hatshepsut with Kima Bob. What a vibe. And take a stitch in time as we discuss the Bayer Tapestry with Lou Sanders. Ooh, I'm a gog. Plus we have many other lovely historical subjects where we're joined by top historians. That's You're Dead to Me, with new episodes every Friday. Johnny good, isn't it? Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to episode 28 of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm here with Matt. Hi, Pete. And I'm here... No. No, I'm not. It's just just me and Matt today. It's a bit lonely in here today, isn't it? It feels like something's missing. It's like Messi and Suarez without Neymar. It's like... I was going to say Sylvain Wiltor. (laughs) I'm missing from the squad, but that's, that's mean. It's like... It's like a piece of my heart is missing. Because Alfred is in Beirut this week. Uh, so we're going to take it upon ourselves to churn through this. So we're going to try and keep the tempo uh, nice and upbeat. As upbeat as the Brighton game was today. Uh, what, did you think about, uh, what did you think about that today? I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. I, um, 
we'd heard a, a bit about Brighton over the last couple of games and they'd actually put in a couple of exciting performances. So it was interesting to see what they came to the Emirates with and watching it in New York, it's a 7am start. So you need something to keep you awake and at basically at 7am and they managed to put in a performance that did that. So I think that's seven unbeaten. It's only 42 until we have rivaled the great invincible team. Magic. I woke up at 6.58 because I forgot to set the alarm, threw on the TV, and because I hadn't been involved in any Twitter or writing or anything, I was just straight into the game, didn't look at my phone, just focused. And it's, you sometimes forget that, that dual screening thing, you lose uh, an element of watching. I really enjoyed that uh, today. I, had, um, I thought that was a really fun performance. Uh, but before we get too deep into that, there is uh, something important to attend to and it's Alfred's favorite part of the show uh and that is the shirt number what number are we going for today Matt the famous and illustrious number 28 shirt oh a big one some great players here and some not so great players the most recent incumbent uh this guy I always liked him and but that sort of meant for nothing because Arsene Wenger hated him and it was a bit like when Wilfred Zahar copped off with Moise's daughter and never got a look in. <laughs> I think that Joel Campbell Jay-Z. did something with Arsene Wenger that meant that no matter how well he played, how many goals or assists he got, he was never ever going to get a place in the starting lineup. He was always going to be farmed off on loan to some far flung, useless team. Do you remember the summer that we chased him? See, he had a really good Copper America, and he looked so exciting. And we, we, we had, um, who's the guy, Dick Law, chasing around after him. I can't remember who else we were supposed to be going after I that th- summer. I think we were after Higuain and Suarez, and we ended up with Joel Campbell. Yeah, and then he couldn't play for us uh, because he had work permit issues. Uh, but he, he, he was a good player. I mean, I, th- I feel like he's been, I agree, I think he's been unfairly treated. He got the Carlos Vela treatment. Yeah, didn't he? Wenger just wasn't interested. And I still think that one of the big misses uh, with him, because he's still actually at the club. I remember uh, when we were trying to sign uh, a centre-back a few years uh, ago and Olympiacos wanted Joel Campbell and we could have used him as pie exchange for Manolaus, who I think he was at Roma, but then ended up at Zenit this summer. But yeah. That was, a, that was a big miss. And he's still on the wage bill. He's still, still on the there. I can't he's believe West there. Ham haven't signed still him. Still there, hanging around like a bad smell. The next uh, number 28 is a guy who has got far too much airtime on this podcast, uh, in my opinion. We've talked about what he represents about the modern Arsenal. We've talked about his brother, even. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it's that guy. Yeah. It's Kieran Gibbs. Oh, he, I've got to give it to him. He looked pretty good against us the other day, taking set pieces. Uh, I wonder if he will become a player. Talent's certainly there. Just, I don't know how you beat uh, giving a fuck into someone who's 28 years old. No, I think he's a, I think he's a lost cause. The next player, he sort of became almost a cult hero just because he never, I don't think he ever started a game. Is a guy called Amari Biscoff. The player who came in with the horrendous injury record. Yeah. That was a really shady, bizarre signing. 
He didn't play at all, did he? Well, no. he, he maybe played half a game. He was even more bizarre than Park Chu Young. Yeah. Wasn't he? What yeah. a waste of time I mean, I'd that love was. To, I'd love to say more about him, but I don't know anything about him other than the fact that he never played. So when we do know a lot about, though, is an Arsenal legend, an invincible, Colo Torre. Oh, I love Colo Torre. Yeah. He was, he was a great. He was a great. He was a great. And some of the... Um, I don't know if you heard that story about when he came into training and on his first day and he sort of clattered into Dennis Bergkamp and clattered into Thierry Henry. And Arsene Wenger had his head in his hands and was despairing, but saw something in his energy and his passion and his determination uh, and signed him up for 350k from some... Was it, did he come from Beveren or was he from somewhere he was else? that weird deal that we had with Beveren. Yeah. I, that was uh, part of like a bit of a golden generation of Ivorian players. Yeah. Uh, we, we also had his brother, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, but we couldn't get a work permit or something like that. Well, I don't think, yeah, well, he, play, he came and played a pre-season game against Barnet and we didn't fancy him. He was a bit shit, wasn't he? Yeah. It wasn't great. There, also, that was, that was a time where Spurs kept on, you know, there was a 10-year period where Spurs kept on trying to match us. Who was the Ivorian midfielder that they signed who was absolutely garbage? Do you remember him? No, I can't remember. I don't know. That, 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 was, that was amusing. I love uh, Kolo Turi, double invincible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the mighty Brendan Rodgers. Wow. What a, what a legend. Um, then we come on to a player. He, this is a guy, I, I don't know if many people remember him, but he played between 95 and 98 for Arsenal. And actually, there were a lot of high hopes for him. There's a guy called Stephen Hughes. And I remember him scoring a brace against Chelsea in the League Cup uh, once. But he, this guy was basically a poor man's Aaron Ramsey. Do you remember him? Yeah. What was it? What what put him out? Was it injuries or just lack of first team? I mean, he I was. Think, I think he, it was lack of first team action because there was a, a moment in time he was playing in that ninety seven ninety eight uh, double team. Reason he was the number one backup really for centre mid, and was playing some games, um, but obviously thought he could do better, and he couldn't. No, <laughs> no, he could not. Um, and then finally, he made an appearance in. Uh, last week's number 27 shirt number, at some point he was also number 28, Paul Shaw. You just can't get enough of Paul Shaw. just can't get enough of Paul Shaw. Made is is, is a very, 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 very small footnote in the history of Arsenal Football Club is Paul Shaw. He's one of those footnotes that everyone remembers. Yeah, or skips. Yeah, or skips, or skips. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, on on that, that... Gluttony of uh, exciting players. We'll head on to part two. So, f- um, a thumping of Brighton, uh, 2-0 at home after a tricky away leg, uh, Borisov. Matt, what are your initial thoughts on that game today? Well, um, I think Brighton are one of those teams that we just love to play because they're not particularly talented in terms of their personnel, but they like passing the football around. They like playing good football, um, which makes them easy prey for someone like Arsenal. The teams that we really hate are the ones that play the deep block, get 11 men behind the ball, try and frustrate, uh, rotate fouls, all of that sort of stuff. So Brighton were the perfect opponents for us after an away game on Thursday. And so it proved, really. Um, We looked fluid from the outset. Um, 
it really did make me think when he saw us play, and particularly, and we'll talk in more detail about it, that second goal, it was beautiful to see because it was almost vintage Arsenal. It was the sharp, short passes, close into play, little triangles. Um, you know, it was it was just Arsenal at their best. And it's, a, and it's in games like that where you still can say that Arsenal have something of a footballing philosophy. And that's something that we can't say throughout the whole duration of the season. But today, some of the link-up play was beautiful. Everyone worked hard. Close control from everyone was incredible, and it was it was a it was a great day out. It was naivety as well from Chrissy Hutton, who's managed in the Premier League before. Like he's a, he's one of the good guys of football. I don't I don't understand why you come to the Emirates and play like that. I, it's kind of it, it's a that's a very La Liga sort of mentality. Like Getafe turn up and they're like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play Madrid. We're gonna entertain. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand it. But you know, that's Arsene Wenger's favourite style oh. of football. When the other team comes, go pound pound against the giant. But uh, you know, you've still got, you still got to beat them. You still got to play well. And I thought that there was, um, there was a lot of energy in that performance today. I think one of the criticisms that we've had of Arsenal over the last few seasons is that sometimes they don't show up in games that they don't fancy. But uh, that that lineup definitely was full throttle um, from a performance perspective. Like, I think we doubled, the, the, almost doubled the amount of passes they'd had. I think we'd had like 770 passes out there, 25 attempts on goal, 16 on target. Uh, I guess the only disappointment of the day was that we didn't wouldn't score more. I mean, that that's the sort of game that you felt should have been a, a five or six nil, but maybe yeah. that's just nitpicking. Yeah, I think you said it. I think we could have expected Ramsey to get a couple. Uh, Sanchez could have had a couple. Uh, you know, it was uh, there were chances, and um, and we should have done it. But you know what? I'd rather save those goals for when we really need them than uh, than smash out a four or five nil. The one thing we know about this Arsenal team is that they become complacent very easy, and the last thing we want is a five nil win, and suddenly all the players are on Twitter talking about how they're going to win the league, and then we'll come crashing down. So, I think it's good that we can try and travel under the radar. Everyone's talking about Spurs and Harry Kane scoring 12 goals in a calendar month and all of that. But a point's a point. And, um, and I think I'd rather we just went about our business quietly, notched up a few 2-0 wins at home and, uh, and, and see where it takes us over the next few weeks. So one of the positives from the game that you didn't mention, or nor did I, so I hold my hands up there. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, another game, another 90 minutes, not injured. Uh, that's super positive because uh, Meza Ozil has been picking up a few interesting uh, uh, quote-unquote injuries. Uh, so how did, you, how did you feel we performed today in that number 10 role again? Well, I think there's, there's two points you're making. I think the first one is around uh, Ozil and whether who the best person to be playing in that number 10 role is. And the general consensus seems to be that we would have been open to offers from Ozil on the last day of the transfer window. And the fact that he has made it very clear that he's not going to be signing a new contract, it's interesting to speculate on whether this is Arsene Wenger... um, 
almost punishing Ozil for not signing a contract and saying, if you're not going to sign, then I'm going to start looking towards what the future of Arsenal looks like and definitely favour um, someone who he, there is still who he still wants to sign on a longer contract in Aaron Ramsey. So there's something interesting going on there. I personally am preferring Arsenal with an Aaron Ramsey in that role because we've said it before, you get creativity, you get forward drive. Every pass that Aaron Ramsey makes is always trying to look for a forward pass. But you've also got someone with a lot of energy um, and I think with something to prove. This is a guy who has clearly got a hell of a lot of talent but ultimately has not has not has not moved on since that breakout season in 2013-14 or however long ago that was. So there's something to prove. Um, he thinks he can do that number 10 role and the number 10 role in the way that modern football clubs think of it, not the way that Arsenal have thought of it as a sort of a free role. Um, and maybe the answer is for him to be that number 10. And Ozil is almost that player who comes on in the last 30 minutes or 20 minutes of tight away games, if we're still in the game, or at home when you've got uh, two banks of of players trying to defend and tries to to pick the lock. But I think it's very, very encouraging. Um, But the other issue, though, is that a lot of the time it's not his ability or his desire that has been the issue, it's his fitness. And the amount of times he's put together runs like this over his career of five or six games and then picked up a hamstring injury. And then we literally wouldn't see the best of him for another three months. So if you know if he got injured and did a hamstring next week, it would be January before he's hitting form again. And th- and that's the big concern with him. So I just hope that behind the scenes, um, we're looking after him. We're not going to overplay him. We're going to realise that any chance of a strong season is going to a lot of it is going to rest on his shoulders. Yeah, I think the. Uh, the- the benefit of the Europa League this season um, Veng- is that Wenger has realised that's just kind of a, a slightly better League Cup. It's, it's good, and and he's re- he really is playing the second stringers there because that that extra week that you're getting because you're not playing uh, like Barcelona or Bayern Munich hugely valuable, especially for somebody like Ramsey. He gets a, he gets a week off. Uh, every time and hopefully that's going to pay dividends as the season goes on because Wenger has no reason uh, to, to to play him so because the, our season really is predicated on the the fitness of Ramsey and I'd say the desire of Alexis Sanchez so I, I, I thought the performance against Brighton was positive like he, he was all over the place he really was the the linchpin like he transitions the ball uh, so quickly like he bombs forward he he almost plays off uh, the the last defender at times but at the same time there is a there is a concern i think the chelsea game when he was just trying to find his way back in to the side where he was trying to dislodge um Ozil was a was a really brilliant performance but the the two games after it started to turn into you know Aaron gunning for glory all the time and I don't, like he still he still lacks the mental discipline in that number ten role for me I love watching him in games like today because it's irrelevant if he's that far forward but it still exposed us um, a few times and that's against Brighton but 
my my big worry is that as he grows in confidence and as he starts to find more fitness and enjoy being on the end of those balls from whoever, um, he's going to forget what made that Chelsea game so important. And I would like to see him show more discipline in, in games like yesterday. Yeah, well, I think the interesting thing is his relationship with his midfield partner. Because when we saw him put in a great performance in the FA Cup final, one of the big... Uh, talking points and why we did so well in that game was the dovetailing between him and Shaka, and uh, and and they were almost one in front of the other and pressing uh, Kante on the ball and with, playing with a real tactical discipline. And I think for for Ramsey to succeed, he needs a midfield partner who is very switched on, who has a lot of tactical discipline. And who is an equal partner with equal footing? Sometimes I feel like Aaron Ramsey is like, oh, the other guy is just, you know, the 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 water carrier, but not in a sort of Didier Deschamps mold, more of a Francis Coquelin mold. And uh, and he, and he just does what he wants because he feels like he's the star man in centre mid. So it's going to be really interesting to see what partnerships Wenger uses in the middle. I remain unconvinced by Jacques Ramsey and. Uh, and, and time will tell. Um, but, but, but we know that when Arsene Wenger and Arsenal have done well, we've normally stumbled on a system that somehow works. And because um, I just don't see Shaka Ramsey axis propelling us to a successful season. It's also interesting that everybody's so excited about Aaron Ramsey, but the, what he's what he's delivered so far has it's been a bit tepid, and I, I'm always struggling to work out whether each season that goes past our expectations become lower. Like Aaron Ramsey playing more than ten games in a row at the moment would be great for me. You know, you know, you know how we celebrated the Chelsea draw. It's not really um, an elite mentality, but we've been lowered to it. But Aaron Ramsey, so far as um, he's started six games, dropped 496 minutes, uh, and all he's offered up so far is a goal and one assist. Um, When you compare him to the Ozil, who is not playing at the moment, that's not very impressive. And when you look at the the lack of goals that we scored today, despite having a lot of chances. So it's it's difficult to blame creation of chances. Um, but you 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 do wonder whether we're just getting excited because it's that project youth coming through. It's the British core. Um, but like, it, it is it's he like twenty twelve all over again, isn't it? Well, the, the funny thing about the breakout season with Aaron Ramsey was, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a brilliant half season. And then he got injured. It wasn't like. It wasn't like this this standout full season. He he played a, a really really solid three months, uh, and then he was out injured, and he never. And then when he returned, he he was terrible. And you, a lot of people compare Ramsey or say that Ramsey should be channeling his inner Frank Lampard. But when Frank Lampard was twenty six, he'd won titles and he'd uh, he'd he was scoring twenty goals a season. Aaron Ramsey is not on track for scoring twenty goals a season, and he's terrible in front of goal. Like that twenty twelve breakout season when we thought, "Wow, this is going to be a twenty goal season midfielder," um, doesn't look like it's anywhere near coming to fruition. So you I don't know. I think he's a, I think he's a really good finisher. Um, I think he, no. I think he's capable of great finishes rather than being a great finisher. 
Um, I, my mind goes to that goal he scored at White Hart Lane a couple of seasons ago, and 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 even that the effort that bounced off the woodwork. And I know everyone will go, oh, it didn't go in; it hit the woodwork. But the composure and the actual finish against Chelsea last week that hit the post was a, was someone who knows where the goal is and knows how to finish. So I think once he scores one or two, the goals will will come. And the the positive for me is we've got an easy run of games coming up. So there is an opportunity for him to start getting against, uh, getting amongst the goals. But one thing is not in doubt is that we have got a player coming back into form and who um, it's great to see. So let's just cut to the chase. Uh, what are you, what's your preference for midfield in that number 10 role, Aaron or Ozil? Right now it's Ozil. Uh, right now it's Aaron. Yeah, it's Aaron Ramsey. Um, I just want something different. And I think um, Dan said it uh, on a, a couple of podcasts ago. And I think the fact that we're, we're in this situation with Arsenal where we are, we just, want che- we, just want to, we just want to try something different now. And I'm just sort of fed up of Ozil sort of, you know, slowly picking off some elegant passes and then going missing. It's just, it's just all too familiar and he may well still be the better option, but I'd just like to see something different. And I'd like, even if it means that the, one of the outputs of it is that Ozil comes back with some fire in his belly and wants to, has to do something special to displace him. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Ozil is Hillary, and uh, we need to oust her or lock her up. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'd, I'd much rather see Ramsey play there. And again, it comes back to Arsenal expectations here, but I would rather see Ramsey who is heading into the final year of his deal, try really hard so that he can get a move next summer versus Ozil, who is just trying to keep fit and see if he can get a move to Fenerbahce in the summer. So I'm, um, I'm game for it. Um, we, we are a pro-Ramsey pod. Pro-Ramsey. To celebrate that wonderful performance against Borisov in the first half by Jack Wilshere. We are taking a trip down memory lane to a former goal of the season from our very own former number 10, Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire neatly stepping away from Fair. There's Kieran Gibbs. Santi Gazzola with a chance to drive at Norwich City here. Jack Wilshire, Gazzola, Giroud. Giroud again, Jack Wilshire! It's stunning from Arsenal. Beautiful, beautiful football. And Jack Wilshere was there to finish it off. Two goals in two games for the Gunners for Jack Wilshere. Well, the finish was exquisite, but the flick from Giroud was equally as good. Ball gets played in here from the faller. What a flick that is, picking out the room of affection, didn't so break stride. A lot of talk about right things that we'd like to happen this season. Exactly and it does was. feel like we've gone Big back in time five years ago to when we signed the, the British Corps. And it's like we never learn. Because the next section we're going to talk about the resurgence of Jack Wilshire, the homecoming. Is, is his last final push to be the player that we dreamed of when he was 18. 
and he dropped an incredible performance against Bait Borisov. It was it was elite vengable. You can't deny it. It was a sh- it, they're a, they're an average team. Don't get me wrong, uh, but that's a team that's beat Roma and Bayern Munich. It was away from home, and Jack absolutely stole the show. Matt, what do you think about uh, Jack Wilshere's performance and potential uh, to to make an unlikely comeback this season? Um, I think Jack Wilshere makes me hate myself because <laughs> I can't help get excited, but I know getting excited is the stupidest thing I could ever do. It's just ever since Jack came onto the scene, I have loved him. Um, I think he's a brilliant player um, when he first came on the scene. He had it all. He was fiery as fuck. He was proud to wear the Arsenal shirt. And he just thought he could be a future Arsenal captain, fixture of the team. Um, and it just, it just went wrong. Um, it went wrong primarily down to injuries. But also, I think, attitudinally, he didn't... He just... Upscare photos, cigarettes in pools in Vegas. Yeah, and and it just it's a bit of the bit of the Chesney effect. It was he let some of his behaviour off the pitch mar um, his ability on the pitch, and I think in some instances he was sort of treated a little bit unfairly about it. But the simple truth is, you don't see top 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 class players who win the titles, who win the Champions League, acting like he does. Uh, wearing a bucket hat, telling everyone what they think of Tottenham. It's like, I love it, but I'd rather... I never heard from him. He was never on social media. He was never caught having a fag in his mouth, and he won loads of stuff with Arsenal. Um, that would be far more valuable to Arsenal than than what he has become. Um, and then I think he also made a poor decision by pushing for the move to Bournemouth last season, because I think he would have had lots of opportunities to play at Arsenal, and suddenly everyone's going, yeah, but he sort of finished because he was playing in a average team and he wasn't even their best player. Ariata. And I don't think it can even... You can even look at it like that. I think he is a player built for the type of football that Arsenal play. He's built to play for um, for Arsene Wenger. And... Um, and it's great to see him on the way back. So we have to be very, very careful. But I can't help when I watch some of those touches and that first half performance. You know, it, it, it made me very, very happy. And the other thing that made me very happy was he came out afterwards. And there had been a bit of talk about, is he going to go to West Ham? and Palace. Know, and how much he hates Arsene Wenger and how much he hates Arsenal now and wants to get out and all that stuff. But he couldn't have been more effusive. Um, to, and he said, I want to stay at Arsenal. I'm Arsenal born and bred. I love this club. The manager played me when I was 17 years old. The manager believes in me. And Arsene Wenger said, we want Jack to stay. We want him to re- regain that, um, that form that he had. We still believe in him. And it was the first time in a couple of years I heard both of those, both player and manager, um, talking about each other in a positive way looking to the future not looking too far ahead and let's just let's just let's just see but you know I don't know why if if that's really what Arsene Wenger believes and and what's possible it would have been great to see him get 20 minutes in the premiership today because he could easily have come on in the last 20 minutes today the game was 
the game was won and um, he could have got some confidence. So the fact that he's not making it onto the pitch in Premier League games, still, uh, I still remain unconvinced that Arsene Wenger genuinely wants him to come in and, and challenge for a starting spot. But, but time will tell because I think if we're going to improve this current team, he needs to be in the st- uh, we need an informed Jack Wilshire in the starting lineup. So full on drinking the, the, the Project British youth or whatever the fuck it was. Aaron Ramsey and Jack Wilshire playing like the sort of double number 10 that Spurs play with Ali and Ericsson. Like, could that be the future of Arsenal's midfield? Could you see both of them working together? I feel, I, I feel like uh, Aaron Ramsey is one of those weird cogs where he doesn't seem to be able to work in any system other than the, the Welsh one. But could, could he... What, would Arsene Wenger, if Jack proved his fitness this season, would he consider playing those two in the in 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 the midfield together? Could they could they operate? Well, interestingly, I think when we last saw them play together, Jack was almost the number ten. He wore he had the number ten on his back, and people were talking about him as the number ten. But I think he's been out for so long that uh, in that stage when he was out, we obviously discovered the benefits of having a fast, mobile, deep-lying playmaker in Santi Cazorla. And so I think we're now looking upon it slightly differently and we're, seeing, we're, we're saying, we're not saying, can Jack be a number 10? We're saying, can Jack be that deep-lying playmaker who can Cazorla us out of all sorts of tight situations and, and get us moving and more mobile, plus add a bit of tenacity and dynamism in the middle of the park? All of which, look, I've just, I, I'm catching myself because this is stupid and yeah, crazy. We're both getting caught up in the mess here. Yeah, and he's not coming back, and he's done. And but imagine if he did. Yeah, and th- here's the crazy thing, though. I think if he goes to a free transfer next summer, I would suspect that you'll have the Sampdorias, the Romas, and the Juventus of the of the world coming in for him. No, we're not going to have Juventus coming I, I, in for I, Jack Wilshire. If you get him on a free transfer, he's worth a punt. You put Jack Wilshire uh, in a in a system and a team where he's not playing at the same uh, intensity levels because let's be honest, Italian football doesn't play anywhere near the levels of the Premier League. Uh, you, you put him in with a coach who's extremely tactical and smart and can teach him things that he's certainly not learning under Arsene Wenger. He could be a real asset. You could sign him. He's still young as well. You know, um, Juventus are eyeing up the possibility of Fellaini and Mata because they're coming to the end of their careers and their transfer strategy has always been to sign players heading into the, the golden years, like AKA what Milan did um, 10, 15 years ago. So, it, but I don't think he'd take those moves. I think that he is at the point where if it doesn't work at Arsenal, he's just going to give up and he'll end up Portsmouth. or something. Yeah, he will. And I, th- I think he'd be perfectly happy with that. I think he'd be fine going to palace and it's, it's such a shame, but part, part of me, is slightly saddened by what Arsene Wenger does with his socialist wage structure. There are too many players that have gone through Arsenal's system over the last few years who get paid too much, too young, uh, an amount to absolutely fuck all. Like um, Theo Walcott, I, I, I think that as soon as he got paid, he, he, he even before, as soon, as soon as he started getting big money, it was over for him. Jack as soon Wilshire. as he got that coffee machine, it was over for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, he was done when he got his Nespresso. Um, 
Jack Wilshire got too much money too early. Nicholas Bedner, all of these players could have perhaps been something. But I wonder um, how much of Jack Wilshire's demise comes down to dropping him a contract that he just simply wouldn't get elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, he certainly looked like a player who at nineteen twenty thought he'd made it, and yeah. uh, and and just 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 his attitude. I think you want to see players. I think the great players always stay humble. Um, and there's, there's, there are the exceptions. Neymar doesn't come across as a particularly humble person. Uh, and maybe football has even changed over the last two or three years and it's now reached a whole other level. But, but typically the best players are the ones who keep their mouths shut, don't get caught doing stupid shit and put the performances um, where it counts, which is on the pitch. Uh, and, and yeah, I think I think a lot of players uh, get it too early, and that's why it's refreshing to see the likes of Iwobi, who uh, is the kind of player who seems to you know keep his keep keep his head down, and and uh, and and hopefully you know we'll see the benefits of that over the, uh, that sort of slow burn of Iwobi will beat the uh, fast flash rise of Jack Wilshire. Yeah, and but okay, I appreciate what you're saying. The Jack probably is done, but that that's set up for the first goal, the pirouette, oh. the light touches, the the vision. It was exciting. Yeah. I, 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 we're uh, living in the moment now. Every game, just take it as a moment. Don't look at the big picture. Don't look at the history. Just enjoy that he's fit now and he seems to be playing well. And there's just a smidgen of a chance that he might come good. Yeah, I agree. So we've been getting a bit carried away on this podcast so far, Matt. Um, so I just want to, I just want to level set here and I don't want to bring everybody down, but this is Arsenal. Um, our job here is to expose the truth. So Arsene Wenger said after the game today, I knew that after the Liverpool game, everybody would write us off and I knew it just depends on us and how we respond. Nothing is permanent. You're not bad in a permanent way. If you can do something about it and you're not good in a permanent way, if you don't keep your urgency. We responded in a united way and we put some wins together and some good performances. And that's 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 fair commentary. But Arsenal fans who are crowing about what's going on uh, seem to have forgotten history. So we just want to take you through a, a little, a, a, a minor trip through memory lane about Arsenal's last few seasons. So if we go back to 2013, uh, we started the season at home with a 3-1 loss to Aston Villa. Awful. Uh, after that, we went nine games unbeaten before we played another good side. Uh, Aston Villa weren't a good side, but we lost 1-0 to uh, United, and then things started along until we lost 6-3 uh, in December. And December's usually a, a bogey month of sorts. If you go into 2014, um, we... Didn't have uh, a loss, but we had a few draws at the start of the season. But we went on a six-game unbeaten run until we lost 2-0 to Chelsea away. If you go to last season, where not last season, the 2015 season, where we lost 2-0 to West Ham on the opening game of the season, we went four games unbeaten. Then we lost to Chelsea away again. And then we went on a six-game uh, unbeaten run. And then if you go back to last season where we lost to Liverpool uh, on the opening game of the season, we went on a seven-game unbeaten run. So currently, Arsene Menger is talking about being unbeaten in seven games, uh, and that's unbeaten four games in the Premier League. But 
reality is we've seen this all before. Uh, so we are. Uh, this is the way of Arsenal. So Matt, I know that you've got a little theory about how this season is going to pan out, or how the, how the front end of the season is going to pan out. We haven't spoken too much about the back end. Like, share, share with us what you think. Well, I think um, we introduced this concept um, uh, earlier on in the year, around February or March, and we called it Groundhog Day. And we said it's basically the same thing happens at Arsenal every year. And we were talking in relation to that capitulation when we go out of every cup competition in about two weeks. And that is one part of Groundhog Day. But Groundhog Day is not always miserable. You know, there are some elements of Bill Murray's life in that great movie that uh, are actually pretty good. And it's, it's the same thing with Arsenal, really. And we are in Groundhog Day. Because every single season we do this, we have some sort of result that provokes a, uh, a change in attitude or focus. And slowly, over a period of time, that focus or just our, uh, or we play someone good uh, disappears and eventually uh, we lose. We, we tend to be much better in the front end of the seasons. But, I mean, I'm just going to look back to... We don't even have to look back very far. We look back one season. So last season, we had that calamitous start against uh, Liverpool on the opening day. Uh But we came into December. We were were top. Top or second when we played... When we had that very tough week. We had Everton and Manchester City away on the 16th and the 20th of December. And we lost both those games. And that really paved the way for the rest of the season and it's a 14 game unbeaten run wasn't seven it was a we went, i think we went on a 14 game last unbe- season yeah. yeah liverpool we lost 4-3 on august 14th and we didn't lose again until, until everton. yeah everton and then City. a week later three days later yeah so i would anticipate if i was a, a betting man mm-hmm. i would anticipate pretty much the same thing happening so i'm expecting us to win sort of four or five of our next games including everton away because they're looking a bit hopeless uh under ronald coon we've got watford away and watford away is going to be tough though it will be tough but i think They've we've got a- i think we've got enough in our locker to to win that and then we're going to get to november the 5th and we're going to play City away. And I think we, we will be within three or, three or four points at the top of the table because we're, we're six behind them at the moment. I expect us to win all our games. But we'll be within touching distance at the top of the table. Everyone will be feeling very optimistic. We will then be on a 10 or 11 game winning run. And then we're going to get hammered at City because Pep Guardiola is tactically outstanding. Not He's the fraud that everybody said he was last season. Jokers. No, I think we're seeing a, a new pep. So, um, and, and we will come on to more detail on that. But, but that's the prediction, really. I expect us to, to have a pretty strong front end of the season uh, and pick up a lot of wins against the, uh, the less good teams. And then November the 5th uh, will be the, the sting in the tail of Groundhog Day. That is, you heard it here first from the Arsenal Opinion. Yeah, and I think the I think the difficult thing post Manchester City is I'm pretty sure it's an international break straight after. So you get tanked um, away at Manchester City. There's no time to regroup and talk about what happened, and then come back straight after the break, and it's Spurs at home, and they're not they're not great at Wembley, but I, I tell you what, they've um, 
they're, they're not too bad away from home. Like we were commenting yesterday, like watching um, the game against Huddersfield. Sure, it's Huddersfield, but they 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 look brilliant in front of goal. They look very uh, like United. They've got a very specific style, and they've just got an unbelievable work ethic. So that's going to be a worry. But and then uh, and then Burnley, um, Sean Dyke, yeah. yeah, Sean Dyke, and you know I. I, I said I said it a few years ago about uh, uh, Owen Coyle. That if the, if Owen Coyle uh, was a manager from Spain and he'd taken a a fairly uh, shit club from from nowhere to the Premier League, people would be talking about them. I got that wrong, but Sean Dyke. I mean, he's he's got a very specific style of play that isn't defensive. He's no Sam Allardyce. Uh, he brings through. Uh, players that 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 he builds up and he, he makes better. Like he's doing a really fucking good job there. Yeah. And, if his um, name was uh, Santi Dice, yeah, maybe he would be yeah. more in demand. Sean Silver, <laughs> Sean Silver. Uh, but it, it, yeah, he's he's doing a great job there. But and normally you wouldn't worry about Burnley away. But um, if you come off the back of losing to City and Spurs, all of a sudden Burnley becomes a bit of a problem. Then after Burnley we have Huddersfield, and then. United at home, followed by Southampton, followed by a London derby. Then we've got Newcastle, which I'm not too worried about. But um, our 23rd of December is Liverpool. Like It's bang, 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 bang. It's tough game after tough game after tough game. Mixed in with Europe, we'll probably still be in the League Cup. Oh, I'm starting to get heart, <laughs> starting to get heart palpitations just looking uh, at that fixture list. But it's all it's all part and parcel. I think we've got if like I am not looking at the bigger picture. And although Watford might be tough away from home, I think we can win that. Everton are in an absolute mess, but I'm glad because it just takes Ronald Koeman off the Arsenal we're interested in finger ever decides to leave list. Um, he's, he's. I think I think you're right about we've got to take, we're, we're like recovering alcoholics. And we've just got to take it one game at a time. And uh, and when we manage to get through a day, then we need to uh, just be grateful for it and enjoy it. Yeah. And it's, 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 th- these are our summer months, right? These are our summer months because um, August to December, generally things are going all right. We're yeah. there or thereabouts. We're still in a bunch of competitions. We'll probably still be in a bunch of competitions by January. Yeah. Then we can get into sad mode yeah. when we know what's coming. Yeah. yeah. Arsenal fans should know this is going to be, it, however you're feeling tonight, is good, I would say this is, this is as good as you're going to feel all season. So, so we're back into fourth, it. right? We're back into fourth. Uh, fifth, I think. Fifth. Fifth, okay. We're, we're there or thereabouts. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp looks like, he's, uh, looks like he's getting found out a little bit. I, st- I still worry about you know, calling, a, calling an end to that relationship uh, too early. But um, maybe Liverpool drop outside of the, 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 the top four this season. Maybe we could pick up the slack. I don't know. But like, it, th- there's hope in the air. There's definitely hope in the air. So that, to- that wraps another positive podcast. It's three or four on the bounce now. It's enjoyable. Uh, the work week is a lot better. Sadly, uh, there's been a bit of an injury crisis with the podcast team, so I've got no fucking clue who's on next week. Um, Matt won't be here because he's getting married, so that will be uh, very exciting. Uh, So we won't see you for uh, another few weeks, but uh, maybe Alfred will be back. Will he have served his suspension by then? I'm I'm not sure. I I hope so. I'm we not look sure forward. whether it was two yellows or a straight red he got uh, from the pod. It's going to be like Zlatan returning to United. Um, I know that he is a, a big admirer of the of the Swede. Of course he is. They they 
They all are. Anyway, uh, enough rambling. Uh, we've had a great podcast. Thank you for listening. And please do uh, subscribe, star it with five, leave a cute little comment, and, uh, and make sure that you come back next week. Thank you for listening. As I was just say, ciao for now. Streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals, and every live WWE pay-per-view. It's The Office, Chrisley Knows Best, and Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, it's me, Thomas Enders. Have you listened to my new podcast yet? Modern Talking, Just Different. Now everywhere where you find your podcasts. And it's really true. You won't get closer to me anywhere else recorded in my living room. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Now in your favorite podcast app, Modern Talking, Just Different. We have a date. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.